0: Throughout 2021, we have focused on the goal of being better together as a church, as followers of Jesus, and quite honestly, as friends. And can I just say, I love this, the idea, the theme of being better together. I love you. Being together, it brings great joy to my heart because we're family. We're a family, I was talking recently with my wife, Tanya, about our family and how we have had good time together this year. We just recalled some big events in the life of our family. Back in May, we had the privilege of traveling back to Illinois where I officiated my niece's wedding. And it was just a beautiful day where we had the chance to watch as before God and before our family and friends, Reagan and Tyler, exchange covenant vows and committed to a lifetime of being together and a lifetime marriage. And just being with extended family, celebrating the two of them, it was a wonderful time. And then in June, our daughter Kaylee graduated from high school, and that was a lot of fun for us. And then in July, my oldest daughter Clarice got engaged to Brighton, and we're very excited about their future. They're actually both in the room right now and embarrassed because they didn't know that was coming. So, can you help me congratulate them? It's a great thing, and we have a wedding coming in 2022, and we're thrilled about that. Our three boys are doing well, and our youngest daughter is just delightful. We've had time together as a family, and we are better together because of that. And I feel the same way about our church family. We started meeting together again in person in February after a long break and a long pause of not being in person due to the pandemic, and that felt great in February, and I will say it still feels really good today just to be together with you. We hosted a vacation Bible school for our kids and their families, our students, those in 6th through 12th grade are active and meeting again. We talked about the Jesus Creed over the summer where we considered what does God want for us and how can we be spiritually formed in such a way that we're honoring God with everything. And it sounds like this. Love God and then love each other. Love the people around you. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that was a great challenge for us as we have been continuing the process of coming back together as a family of faith. And as you watched, we hosted another church gathering in Delaware. And I believe God is bringing us together as the body of Christ. I see that. And it's a great thing. It really is. One of the aspects of that that I believe propels us forward and pulls us into that better together kind of life is gathering together. It's praying. It's responding to the greatness of God. It's looking out and meeting needs. All of those things They pull us into being better together. There is another aspect of this that's very important that pulls us forward into a better together kind of life, and that is a focus on truth. Specifically, God's truth and God's voice. What is truth, though? It seems that really smart people through the ages have had a difficult time really defining truth. Socrates did not even have his own definition of truth. He only believed in questioning what others believed as truth. And then there's Aristotle's definition of truth. Here it is. To say of what is, that it is not. Or of what is not, that it is, is false. While to say of what is that... I can't even read this. And then you have Jesus responding to a truth claim and describing that, and this is what we see in John's Gospel, chapter 18. So with your copy of the Bible or with your device, I would encourage you to meet me in this New Testament book, and we're going to pick up with an event where Jesus is before a government official. He's on trial. And what we discover shortly after what we will read here is that Jesus is sentenced to death and he gives up his life and he pays the price for our sins. But before that, he has a little conversation with a government official about truth. And it sounds exactly like this. John chapter 18, verse 33. Here's the word of God. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your question or did others tell you about me? Well, am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for a trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth, Pilate asked. What is truth? It's interesting because as Pilate would have heard Jesus talk about the truth and describe it a little bit, he probably would have assumed that Jesus was a teacher or some kind of philosophizer. He's a dreamer, not a revolutionary. He's not a dangerous man. He's not violent, and it's possible that Pilate is being a bit sarcastic here. We don't know. Maybe he is also intrigued with the truth claims of Jesus. We're not exactly sure. What we do know is that Pilate asks the question, what is truth? What is truth? And here's something for all of us to consider. If you were asked that question, how would you respond? What is truth? What is truth? Well, the philosophy of relativism says that all truth is relative and there is no such thing as absolute truth. But is the claim all truth is relative? An absolute truth? Or is it just relative? Postmodernism asserts that there is no particular truth, yet that in and of itself is a truth statement. Pluralism states that all truth claims, all of them are equally valid, but this is problematic because can two claims that are opposite be equally true at the same time? And of course, there is the famous Hollywood scene in the 1992 movie called A Few Good Men where Jack Nicholson emphatically states, you can't handle the truth. You can't even handle it. So truth seems to be a bit complicated and something that we cannot handle. Yet I think we find clarity in Scripture when we observe and when we look and when we put in the hard work of searching for it, I think we also find clarity in the statements of God and in Jesus Christ himself, and so it's to that that we look. The primary Old Testament word for truth is the Hebrew word emet, which means stability or certainty, right, sure, or verity. And there's a primary New Testament word used for truth. It's the Greek word aletheia, which means true or verity. So when you think about the primary Hebrew word or the primary Old Testament word used for truth and the primary New Testament word used for truth, it means to be certain, to be right, or to be sure. And then we actually find this statement from Jesus in John chapter 14. So he's not before Pilate here, but Jesus has already answered this question, what is truth? And here's what we read in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, so he's talking to someone here, and Jesus states this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's a claim from Jesus. (laughs) And it's kind of a shocking claim here where Jesus is saying, I know there's a lot of discussions about what is truth, but I just want to throw it out there. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. This is a significant statement from Jesus that we can't overlook and just assume that it's there. And so, okay, we move forward. A really bold claim. And here's the significance of this. Jesus is claiming by saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is claiming here that I am the way to solving human problems because I can give access to the heavenly father. I am the way, I am the truth to him. A really bold statement here that the crowd would have heard and really picked up on, that's a big deal. Jesus is claiming to solve the human condition of sin and to be a way to the Father. I love what biblical scholar Tony Evans says about this. Jesus was claiming to be the the point of access to God the Father. So if you want to get to Him, if you want eternal life, then I am the way. I'm the point of access to the Father. And because I am that point of access, I am the truth. I am the truth. So here's our big idea today, and we'll kind of unpack this going forward. We are better together when standing with Jesus, who is truth. So he's the one who made this claim. And we want to say, as we continue to think about being better together, that that can happen for us when we stand with Jesus, who is truth. Now, I want to share one reason, there are probably more, but I want to share one reason why I believe it's challenging to stand with Jesus, who is truth. And I want to acknowledge that tension. I think this is a really difficult thing to do, especially in a culture that is pushing against this in a bold way. So I want to acknowledge that tension And we'll consider one reason why it's challenging. And then I want to share an approach that I believe will be helpful. Okay, so let's critically think. Even if it's difficult. And even if it disrupts us a little bit on the inside. Let's think critically. So here we go. Big idea. We are better together when standing with Jesus. Who is truth. Here's what makes that hard. We live in an age of a morality of self-fulfillment. We could also just refer to that as worshiping self. Or the insatiable desire that we see in culture, and I believe we see it in a prolific way in the church as well, where life is about pleasing me, and everything is focused on this morality of self-fulfillment. So I think this kind of morality or self-worship makes it really difficult to stand with Jesus, who is truth, because he speaks a different kind of language. Now, please know there's nothing wrong with enjoying life and enjoying self and being fulfilled. There's nothing wrong with any of that at all, and Jesus even speaks to that. But for followers of Jesus, if we're apprenticing with him, Do you remember what he said about self? We actually looked at this over the summer and spent time on this particular statement. We find it in Mark chapter 8. Here's what we find. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he, Jesus, said, if any of you wants to be my follower, so if you want to disciple with me, if you want to apprentice with me, if you want to accompany me, You must give up your own way. And there are other versions that say you must deny yourself. Which sounds like the opposite of how culture is beginning to move. Jesus states here, if you want to be my follower, deny self and give up your own way. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? Well, Barna released research in 2016 that reveals some interesting things, and they talk about the growing concern about the moral condition of our nation and how many American adults are having a hard time determining what is right anymore and what is wrong because all of the definitions seem to be shifting quite a bit. And it would appear that there is a new code for living. And here are just two components of that new code based on Barna's research. Here's the first part of this. The best way to find yourself is by looking within yourself. And within the sample size of people that were involved in this research, 91% of U.S. adults agreed with that statement. And 76% of practicing Christians also agreed that the best way to find yourself is by looking within yourself, and this is how you become free. Here's the second part, or the second code of this, and that is the highest goal of life is to enjoy it as much as possible. 84% of U.S. adults agreed with that statement, and 66% of practicing Christians also agreed the new code, I mean, when, you, when you dig into these statements, the best way to find yourself is by looking within and the highest goal of life. The greatest thing we can do is to enjoy self. It really presents a morality of self-fulfillment or self-worship. It's interesting because Paul Witts, a psychology professor, wrote a book called Psychology as Religion, The Cult of Self-Worship, and he was a professor at a secular university, and here's how he stated this. For the Christian, the self is the problem, not the potential paradise. Understanding this problem involves an awareness of sin, especially the sin of pride. Correcting this condition requires the practice of unself-actualized states, such as contrition and penitence, humility, obedience, and trust in God, all of which lead us to standing with Jesus, who is truth. Right? Like if we stepped into these things, contrition, penitence, humility, obedience, and if we fully trust God, we would be standing with Jesus because he's the point of access to the Father. He's the truth. I think a great way to respond to this comes from researchers David Kinnaman and Gabe Lyons, who presented an alternative to these two codes in their research and in their book called Good Faith. And I believe this is an approach that is helpful. So just keep this in mind. As culture pushes against standing with Jesus, who is truth, what's a good approach? How do we work through this? How do we wrestle with this and critically think? Well, Here's an approach that I believe is helpful. Number one, to find yourself. Discover the truth outside yourself in Jesus and in Scripture. So to find yourself, it's not about what's within. It's what we find in Jesus and in Scripture and what that reveals about us and the depths of God's love for us and how we can interact with that. What does Jesus say and what does Scripture affirm about the person of God? What does Jesus say and Scripture affirm about the love of God and how it is available for everyone? What does Scripture say about issues like life, death, sexuality, marriage, racism, And caring for the poor and the vulnerable. What does scripture say about those items? We can define all of that on our own and come to our own terms. But what voice of wisdom is potentially guiding us? Am I just picking and choosing how I want to walk through all of that based on how I feel or the circumstances around me? Or am I wrestling with the truth of Jesus in what Scripture tells us about me and humanity, even when it's really hard to accept? And even when I may push back and not think it is accurate, am I willing to wrestle with that a little bit and discover truth in what Jesus says and what Scripture reveals? So to find yourself, discover the truth outside yourself. This is a way I think we can move forward by looking for that in the words of Jesus and in what we see in Scripture. The second part of this, the highest goal of life is not to enjoy it as much as possible, but it's giving glory to God. And this is something that's fascinating that you see in the ancient creeds, that the ultimate goal goal of life, the ultimate purpose of life is not self, but it's in giving glory and praise, giving honor to God, that this is the greatest thing that I can do with my life. I think when we come back to some of these ancient thoughts, it helps us to find ourselves and stand with Jesus, who is truth. I love the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, that talk about this. Here's what it says. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, Those are really broad categories here, right? Eating and drinking and anything you do, do it all for the glory. And the word there is doxa, which means praise or honor. So everything we do, eating and drinking and watching the eagles and everything else, it's about praise and honor being given to God. And when we do that, we find ourselves, it happens, because we're standing with Jesus, was truth. Okay, how do we respond to all of this? I have three takeaways for a different group, so you think about where you may be today and use the application that's appropriate. Number one, for the mature Christ follower, if you feel that's you, in what ways is your life giving glory to God? If the highest goal of life is doxa, praise and honor, then you should be able to populate that list quickly. shouldn't be hard at all. If you can't do that, then it's time to confess and get back on the track of saying, my life, it's about giving praise and glory to God. So if you're mature, in what ways? In what ways? Again, you should be able to quickly identify that. Is my life giving praise and glory to God? Not five years ago, but today. And how am I going to walk through this tomorrow? Okay? Second takeaway for the new Christ follower. Take notes this week. I would encourage you to do this. Of ways that self-worship can quickly become the prevailing thought. Identify it. Confess it to God. And focus once again on giving glory to God with your life. So starting today and tomorrow. Just identify ways that self-worship, the morality of self kind of creeps in and we move away from giving praise and glory to God to it being about me. And again, step into a time of confession. God wants to hear from you and he'll accept you and forgive you if we confess, if we say the same thing about our sin that God says, he will forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then we can begin again. Using the one life we have been given to doxa, to praise and give honor to God. There are a couple of things that are coming here at Valley Point and that are already moving that I believe will help with this for both the mature follower and for people who may be new to apprenticing with Jesus. We have a Discipleship Pathway class format that will be coming in October. And I would encourage you to watch for announcements about this. It'll be a class format where you can gather in a smaller group and we're going to talk about God and who is he and other theological aspects that will give us a great foundation for taking the one life that we have and giving praise and glory to God when we understand who he is. And I'd encourage you to think about that. We also have connection groups that are starting right now. And again, these are just ways to be known and loved, but to travel, to journey with other people who can hold you accountable with using the life that you've been given to give praise and honor and glory to God. So you think through that. These are great steps to take that I believe will help. Okay, one more takeaway, and that is for the skeptic. Is the morality of self-fulfillment taking you where you want to go? i encourage you just to wrestle with that a little bit. Is the morality of self-fulfillment taking you where you want to go? If the answer is yes, I would simply say that a life of trust in Jesus and a life of walking with Him is even more self-fulfilling because this is where we find ourselves standing with Him. And I would encourage you to join me on that type of pilgrimage of walking with God because this is where we truly find ourselves. If the answer to that is no, then turn to Jesus. Trust in him. He offers that to all. And begin the pilgrimage of being transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Back to the big idea. We are better together when standing with Jesus who is truth. We are better together, all of us, and all watching online, when we stand with Jesus, who is truth. I would encourage everyone and challenge you today to take some of this content and wrestle with it. Think about it. If you have been disrupted in some way, that very well could be God the Holy Spirit trying to stir you a bit. If you feel encouraged and affirmed, I believe that's God the Holy Spirit stirring in you, helping you keep your eyes on him. However God is working within you, don't ignore that, don't push that to the side, but pay attention and do the hard work of critically thinking about truth. What is truth? Jesus declared, it's me. Because... I'm the point of access to God the Father. That makes me the way and the truth and the life. May we stand on that this week and may it help us in all of our interactions. Will you pray with me? Father, we are thankful for what we have discussed today and what we find in John chapter 14 and in John chapter 18 where Jesus is Having a conversation, and the question is asked What is truth? What is truth? A lot of people have tried to define this over the years, and it seems to be a bit challenging. But yet, even before Pilate asked that question, God, I think Jesus had already responded with an answer I am the way, Jesus said. I am the truth and I am the life. In a world that kind of pushes against that and focuses on the individual and a lot of other things, would you help us as apprentices of Jesus to keep our eyes on him and to stand with him? Even when it's hard and even when we don't get it, or even when we don't agree help us to critically think and wrestle with truth with Jesus God I confess to you today that I often become consumed with myself what I want and what I desire and that takes me away from standing with Jesus So I confess that to you and ask that you'd help me to move away from what is normal and common and to live out what you described in Mark chapter 8 deny self take up your cross and follow me this is the best way to live it's the best way to live maybe some of you in the room or those of you watching online feel some of this as well just encourage you to talk to God about self-worship, if that's crept into you a little bit, or maybe a lot. Just ask God to help you come back to Jesus, the truth. Maybe you're listening to all of this and you would say you're not a follower of Jesus but finding yourself in Him is making sense and you desire that you're ready to perhaps move away from worshiping self to trusting in the leadership and the forgiveness that God offers to the person of Christ And I would just encourage you from your heart to His ears talk to Him about that tell Him that you're trusting in Jesus alone and you're not adding anything to that, not even self. You're just trusting in the work of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, and you're claiming who he is and you're believing in that. Thank him for rescuing you, for paying the price for your sins, for your failures. Tell him that you believe, you trust. If that's something you've offered up, I just want to say congratulations to you. God tells us he doesn't turn anyone away. And it's our trust in Jesus that gives us access to the Father. And you have a whole new life out in front of you. Congratulations. Father, it's been a joy to be in your house today, to look to you, Would you help Valley Point to really be better together? We don't want to just talk about that. We want it to be true. And it's hard. We don't always get it right. The human condition seems to interfere with being better together in all kinds of ways. And our culture pushes against standing with Jesus who is truth. So help us to wrestle with this And to be a community of faith that's being pulled forward by the truth of Jesus. Knowing that will help us to really be better together. So help us as we internalize this and live it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.